Welcome everyone to the Sunday Recap. Hey, it's great to see you guys here today. Welcome, Mitch, Ariel. We're all back today. We're back. What's up? Rock. Yeah. How are you guys? Doing well. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. (laughs) If you hear my voice, it's a little different, I imagine, in your ears, but... It's got that gravelly, sexy voice going on. I'm learning something. You know, every phase of life, things happen to you, and then people don't then people tell you, oh, yeah, that happened to me. And you're like, well, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> the newest one is, oh, yeah, when my kids were born, I've never been more sick in that scene <laughs> in my life. I've had so many people tell me that yeah. when I tell them I'm sick. And I'm like, nobody told me that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> it wouldn't have deterred you. They were probably just trying yeah. to give you as much information as you could handle at the time. <laughs> yeah, there's, nobody says that. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, when you yeah. get married, it's the same thing. Yeah. It only gets worse. Once they get into school, then it's like, no, just prepare to be constantly sick. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, and that's a he's in daycare. And, right. Yeah. So yeah. I've got some kind of sinusy thing. It's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're feeling better, though. I know you were not feeling great. I feel better. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I can move around. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. The, JC and Graham were out of town this weekend, so I literally, like, did nothing, and I was home alone. Yeah. And, it was a little scary. My parents were out of town too, so it was like, it's like if I go down, what if? Well, yeah, what's gonna happen? No one will know. <laughs> Tyra would probably die too because she wouldn't get any food. <laughs> oh, Tyra Banks, yeah. bless her soul. <laughs> <laughs> little puppy soul. I'm sorry, I missed you guys. Which today's topic: puppy souls. <laughs> puppy souls. We, we should definitely do a side well, podcast. You send all of your questions to. <laughs> Dave at Stone's yeah, Crossing. Which is one of my early childhood memories. <laughs> We're all over the place. <laughs> my, Let's just go there. Go my on. My dad, um, my, like one of the first movies I went to was All Dogs That Go to Heaven 2. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. With me and my dad. And he fell asleep and slept and snored the whole movie. <laughs> it was just like him and me and this entire movie theater. But it's one of my earliest like childhood memories. It's like looking over at my dad as he's just clocked out in this movie theater. Nice. That's so great. Well, Errol, you were on vacation last week. Yes. How was the beach? It was great. Yeah? Yeah, so restful. Good. Um, man, the drive, though. The yeah, drive. It's a long what drive. Beach? We went to Anna Maria Island, which is south of Sarasota. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's north of Sarasota, but so it's on the Gulf. That's pretty far. Though. It's pretty far. Um, but I'll tell you what we did. Give it to us in hours and then miles. Oh, yeah. M- miles, I have no idea. Hours was like. Seconds yeah. and kilometers. Yeah, kilometers. <laughs> I forget how many hours. But I will tell you that we listened to the Fellowship of the Ring, the unabridged yes. version the whole way down. The unabridged. Okay. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, I don't know, 18 time. hours of Tolkien. Oh, it was amazing. Wow. Okay. But it actually held our interest the entire trip. Yeah. So, I mean, cool. I am the king of sidetracks, but I got to go on this one again. Okay. <laughs> so, this weekend, right before I got sick, it's actually where I started to feel sick. I went to Comic-Con on Saturday. Oh, man. Did you meet Billy Boyd? I did. I went to <gasps> Billy. I went to Billy. Oh, yeah. Dude, jealous. Yeah. Yeah. And Billy Boyd's Q&A was amazing. That's okay, great. Okay. So, for our He's, listeners out there who don't know who Billy Boyd is, please explain. Pippin. Yeah. Pippin. Yeah. Took, from Lord of the Rings. Took, yeah, yep. he played so, Pippin. Yeah, so he, uh, so yeah, and then he sang the last goodbye from the Hobbit. Oh, oh my gosh. goodness! Q and A. Man, we should if we could throw that song in the, in the leaks. <laughs> I've been listening to it all week. That's so That's cool. Good. How is old awesome. is he? He's he's probably in his fifties. He was older. Really? Yeah. I mean, the movie he has 20, a young movie face. Was shot twenty years ago. Yeah, um, and, and he was one of the older. 
cast yeah, members too. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah, he's got a podcast. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. one of the oldest. He's got a podcast right now with uh, the other Dom. Dominic Monaghan. Yep. Yeah. Okay. They have a podcast that they just launched together. That's cute. That's cool. Interesting. That's but cool. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So Lord of the Rings fans, it was fascinating. That's yeah. neat. Well, good for you. Yeah. I'm, really, I'm glad was, that you like that. Get was, out and that do things saved like Comic Con for me, to be honest, nice. <laughs> because yeah. I learned I'm not nerdy enough. And I'm pretty nerdy, <laughs> but not nerdy enough. When you don't know half of what people are, you're yeah. like, nah, I probably should leave, be here. Leave that to the professionals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. As he points at himself, this is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel like, like I like Star Wars. I liked Mandalorian, but when you guys start talking about like the backstory and all the things that you're like unpacking from yeah. all these shows, yeah. I feel like the oddball in the room. Well, it's the this right. is when all the listeners that are going to be like start turn yeah, off skip, their podcast. Skip 50, yeah. Fifteen seconds, <laughs> no, thirty thank seconds. Thank you. Well, let's go ahead and read our passage first. I think I think that would be good to do. And what I think is is so cool about this passage. Um, so, just some context here. We this last Sunday had a guest speaker. This was Nicholas Piotrowski. He he is the president of um, Indianapolis Theological Seminary here in. Um, in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. <laughs> Help you out. <laughs> Captain Obvious. Uh, so, uh, um, now Ariel, you're a student there. I am. Yeah. I am. Yes. And um, and so, and you've actually taken a class with, with Dr. Piotrowski. Yes, a couple. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. So, uh, he was our speaker, uh, preacher on Sunday, brought to us this passage from Mark chapter four and connected to pericopes, two, two short stories of the Gospels together. Uh, and so let's go ahead and read those two stories. Um, yeah, so uh, this is Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 41. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right. Thanks for reading that. Uh, it's not Billy so- Boyd, but... <laughs> He's got the voice, man. Yeah. He's got a good voice. Um, this is a, a fascinating <clears throat> group of, uh, of stories here, tying the parable in with than this event that takes place on the Sea of Galilee. Um, so really quickly, let's just, let's just unpack first and foremost what, what uh, Dr. Piotrowski was saying on Sunday about how these two are connected. I would, lo- I would love to just start with that. Let's just start with kind of how he ended. How are these two passages connected? 
Well, I, I think what, um, what Dr. P was saying is that the, the parables were for the people, the listeners, and that um, it says right here that, that Jesus would pull his, his own people, his disciples aside, and then explain to them privately everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, what he was saying is that this parable of the mustard seed of the kingdom is then being interpreted in real life circumstance of of the disciples and Jesus being in the boat in the boat and he's just using this um, this circumstance this situation to explain what he had just taught yeah like further emphasize yeah. it and explain it yeah, yeah absolutely so let's talk about then how how then like what what he's explaining in the parable of the mustard seed, and then let's, then we can talk about how the calming of the storm connects to it. So, in the parable of the mustard seed, it's clear he's talking about he's talking about the kingdom of God, right? Um, so, because he starts out and he said, "With what can we compare the kingdom of God?" So, in this kingdom, he says it's like the grain of mustard seed, um, and yet what happens is eventually it's going to grow into one of the largest plants, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you have this this idea that. The kingdom is going to start small. It's going to be underground. It's going to seem like this insignificant thing. And eventually it's going to become one of the biggest things. It's going to become the thing that just takes over. And and I think that's um, uh, that's an important thing for us today. When we're going to get to the application of this just with all of the things that we think that maybe – um, maybe subverting the kingdom of God in the world right now, but that, that's 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 uh, important for our application. But what I think we see here is, you know, you have Jesus talking to his disciples and saying, you know, giving this illustration of the mustard seed and how um, they're they're looking at their circumstances. They're looking at Rome. They're looking at um, the, this this superpower that is oppressing. Uh, them as a society. Um, at, at this point, Israel is not a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. Um, they are under the power of Rome. And so they're like, okay, you know, you've got this kingdom of God idea that sounds all really good, but you got to deal with Rome. Mm-hmm. Like what's what's going on with that? And and he gives this parable that says, well, the kingdom of God is going to be like that mustard seed that starts small, grows into this big thing. So now let's then take this and unpack it with the calming of the storm scenario. Um, Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat. We have this connection to the book of Jonah. Obviously, we talked about mm-hmm. that a little bit. Um, how might the calming of the storm help to then emphasize the same idea of the kingdom of God being this thing that starts small but then is going to become the biggest thing? Um, and that and that these disciples are going to be the ones that are going to be at the start of it. Well, I think it's interesting that at the beginning of chapter four, um, Jesus teaches by talking about um, about the sower and all the types of seed and how some of them are overcome and all of that. Um, and so here we have um, the disciples, which which Dr. Piotrowski is saying is the is the mustard seed that Jesus himself and the disciples are the small seed of the kingdom beginning. Um, and it looks like they're going to be overtaken. It looks like they're going to be snuffed out. Um, and that's their fear that they're going to um, meet their end right there. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and what, this, what this situation ends up determining is that Christ is, Jesus himself is God and is able to overcome this adversity to see to it that the kingdom um, yeah. proceeds. That's right. 
Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I think is so crazy about this is, uh, you know, he says in verse 40, asking this question, why are you, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? It's like, well, what, what, why would they not be afraid? Like they're going to drown. They're going to get killed in this, in this crazy storm. And Jesus is like rebuking them. Like, why don't you have faith? Well, what my, the question that I always come to with that question is like, well, what are they supposed to have faith in here? Well, the faith that they're having is the faith that Jesus is going to then be commissioning them to be the mustard seed, to be the ones that are starting this movement. And so why would they die here on the water? Like, you know, for them, for, for God to, to, to have them die on the water that day would be absolutely fruitless. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's as if God is, God is building something and he's told, he's told them that. Yeah. And he's told them that he's going to build something small. And he said, this is how it's going to happen. This is how my kingdom is going to come about. And so then is he going to go drown him in a storm? Now, now I know that's <laughs> the stories are put this way intentionally. That's not probably literally how it happened. You know, like story told now we're on the water, you know, an hour later, but like it, it may have been. Well, it, says, it, it, it does say, it says on, that on that day. I right, take that out. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Take that out. Yeah. That was one of the cool yeah. points that, that, um, that, Dr. Piotrowski said was that it happened the same day and which, yes. I mean, so why wouldn't we put these two, uh, seemingly pericopes or self-contained stories together, which I had never considered before. Yeah. That's my brain fog. That's, no, no, that's good. <laughs> that's I mean, that's, that's exactly what I thought before Absolutely. as well. Yeah. So they happen back to back. Why would you die? That's just not how, that's just not how it works. Right. You yeah. Know? And why right. wouldn't you trust that if, Somehow you did die, <laughs> you know, God's, God's got a plan, but, yeah. um, I think that's, yeah, that's, that is the picture there. And so it's, it's establishing that their faith is in Christ and his authority. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking in my mind, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't know a list of them, but there are many civilizations that have ended due to natural disaster. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> like yeah. many kingdoms that have fallen because of great floods mm-hmm. or, um, whether it be you know like volcano eruptions or yeah, Pompeii is you know, fascinating. Yeah, Everybody likes that one. There's there's great civilizations that have ended because of natural disaster, and yet you have somebody who's made a claim here about how a kingdom's going to be established, mm-hmm. um, who has the authority to stop the what would be described as natural, mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, order the yeah. the weather. Yeah, well, well that's what we, we were kind of talking about, about that before the podcast was, you know, how many other nations have been around as long as, I mean, essentially the people of God. Like yeah. you, you could start it with the church even in, uh, you know, with with Jesus's ascension. You could start it there, but but you could also take the people of God all the way back to Abraham in, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, uh, or even prior to that. And so you're talking 4,000, 5,000 years of history where God has been preserving his people and through incredible opposition, like mm-hmm. incredible circumstances that they've had to go through. And yet God still preserves his people. And, uh, but you're exactly right. Like nation after nation has mm-hmm. fallen, has, has been mm-hmm. um, decimated. Um, there are no more, you know, you read through some of the, like in the old Testament, like where he says like, well, they went against the Canaanites and the Jebusites and the Hittites. And mm-hmm. where are those people now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not around, but who's still around? The people of God. Yeah. You know. It makes me think that maybe these guys still didn't grasp that that God was up to something through them. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 it were us in this situation, you know, even following Jesus right in front of them, they're still not quite 
certain that that's what's going on. Yeah. That I, how often do you think we we think that way too? Mm-hmm. That, I, yeah, I imagine that. Very how often. could God possibly use me? Why would God use me mm-hmm. for His kingdom? You know, yeah. or maybe we, or maybe we start thinking even too small. Like, well, I'll just kind of stick to my little corner here of my little corner of you know, it's, it's just me or my me, my my family or things like that. But. Mm-hmm. But how often do we do you think that is, is that is that a problem in the church that sometimes maybe we start thinking too small or thinking that maybe yeah. God could not use me for for that sort of thing? It's so funny because we either swing one way or the yeah. other. We're either Absolutely. like my plan needs to be so big, you mm-hmm. know, like I have to just seek it out and find it. I know God has something really big for me individually, or we feel like we're not part of it at all. Right? You know, it's just like. Always yeah. that dichotomy. We either think too highly of ourselves or too low of exactly. ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I was this morning as I was just reflecting on what I thought our conversation would look like. I was I was kind of asking myself these two questions that, that kind of get to the heart of why do we fall in this spot? And I think it's the question of you know what is our trust in? Mm-hmm. You know, and if we can answer that, and truthfully between us and God, we say it's God. Then the second question is what is our trust in that person for? So what is our trust in God for? And I think sometimes, you know, I, I struggle with both of those things. Like I'll have trust in God, but I might be trusting in him for something that's not necessarily a part of like mm-hmm. what he promises or a part of his plan or mm-hmm. it's yeah. something that's not even God honoring, you know. Yeah. Or I might even be at that beginning question and I go, actually, I'm not really even trusting in God. I mean, if you looked at my actions, you looked at my conversations, you looked at the way that I'm approaching things, I'm trusting in something outside of God mm-hmm. for the security and so I think, like, if we could answer those two questions, no matter what we're facing, it would help us navigate a lot of circumstances mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, some people would say, well, I'm trusting in God for blank. And then when they start to list it, it's something that is really, like, really for themselves. Temporary. <laughs> yeah, it's temporary. Yeah, or it's, or it's, yeah it's, it's very self-focused. It's very, it could be something like that. You know, and so I just, I don't know. I think that's kind of for me, like those filters that I see, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people saying things like, oh, I'm standing firm in my faith. But then when they say what they're standing firm for, it's somewhat temporal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of that balance of like, and that's not to say that God doesn't care about those things Mm because he certainly does. Um, So for example, like the example I like to use is kind of an extreme one, but it's like, well, I'm just trusting God to get that parking space when I get to yada yada, yeah. you know, when I go up to Mass Avenue or something like that, right? Uh, but I mean, God cares about all those little things, of course. But at the same time, is that it's, is that what well, we really and I should guess be? What I'm arguing more is it's it's we're, the we're root gonna... in the heart. It's like what is the heart behind your desire for that thing? Yeah, that's a good um, point. And if and if it's if that thing not happening is going to break you and then therefore break your trust in God, mm-hmm. you know, flip it. I'm trusting for this and I'm trusting in God, mm-hmm. um, then that thing doesn't matter as much as you're making it. Yeah. Um, like union with God, <laughs> growth and growth in God and knowledge of him mm-hmm. is like primary. Yeah. And so if you're saying you not getting this thing is going to affect how you relate to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in this, I think it's, it's a matter of faith, you know, as, as it relates back to the mustard seed in their, in their story, you know, it's like they are trusting in God somewhat to build this kingdom 
and then the storm comes and I'm not going the full, you know, let's relate the storms of our life, but like there, the storm then faces them mm-hmm. and then very quickly they've kind of lost trust because mm-hmm. they don't know what the storm, they're like they're fearful of the storm or they're right. not even thinking about it. Yeah. And so it's like trust in God for God, you know, mm-hmm. for more of God, for more knowledge of God, for mm-hmm. more security, for a spirit of contentment, for the fruit of the spirit, you know, trust in God for that. And then it'll surpass, you know, whether or not the kid gets the teacher that you want or, mm-hmm. you know, the kid gets the grade you want or, mm-hmm. you know, the person in high school terms, the person dates you that you want mm-hmm. or, you know, you get in the school that you want. It's like, you're trusting God for more of God. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you'll have security, which is really what you want. Right. So I right. don't know. It's just simplistic. I just was looking at something and I've seen a lot of language out there on like, oh, I'm standing firm, but then I'll see what people are standing firm for. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm not, again, if I'm, do you think I'm talking to you? I'm probably not, but like <laughs> it's, you know, I'm standing firm and I'm standing firm for blank. And I'm like, well, what if blank's not it? Yeah. Like, what if blank fails? Mm-hmm. Then is, what were you standing firm in? Right. And who were you standing firm for? You yeah. know, so. Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and I think then it, we take it that next step because, yes, I, I, the first thing that we are standing firm for, like, w- what are we trusting in God for is certainly him and his promises of uh, he's building a kingdom and he's building, he's building he's including us as adopted Mm -hmm. sons and daughters into his family. Like, like that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. This whole thing then talks about almost like their role in, Mm -hmm. in that. Do you think that one of the things that we're dealing with as a, not only at stones, but like in, in, in the Western church is this idea that we just don't think that we have a role to play in, in the kingdom of God, that, you know, or or can we apply this? Because I mean, obviously, the disciples were in a very unique situation. Mm-hmm. You know, but do we have a role to play in the kingdom of God? Does everybody in the church have a role to play in the kingdom of God? Um, what does that look like for us? And and can we apply this at, at that level? I think yes, we can. I don't think people. I don't think if you ask people, do they think they had a role to play? They would say no. Um, I think some people. <laughs> probably just choose not to be active in the role and like either due to laziness or something. I don't know what, or, um, I think some people, they think they have a role to play in the kingdom of God, but is it related to this kind of mustard seed building up of the kingdom? Mm -hmm. Um, or is it more so like, this is the mission of God. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and and both, I mean, both of those things exist. So I, I think it's kind of the reminder that, um, as believers, we have a responsibility to one another, but we also have a responsibility to um, share our testimony with the world mm-hmm. of what God has done. Sure. So I think sometimes we're really good at one and we're not great at the other, you know? And and I think that's kind of the tension. And at the very least, I mean, we've all been given a gift, yeah. right? Like we've been given gifts that the church needs, the kingdom needs. Mm-hmm. So there is a responsibility there of, yeah, I mean, if we have this gift, we're supposed to be using that in order mm-hmm. in order to help grow the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's some of the, like, understanding, again, what are they really talking about? If you see the word minister in the New Testament, it's probably talking about you. 
It's like, <laughs> it's not talking about a pastor. Right. Um, right. You see the word elder. It's probably talking about, you know, the, the primary overseer of the church. You see the word pastor. It's talking about them. But most of the time when it says minister, it's talking about, I'm actually, I think all the times at one, I think is what I was heard. Mm-hmm. It's talking about every believer in the church, meaning that everybody's doing the work of the ministry, right. kind of adopting from like the Ephesians four. But it's so I think, again, we all have a role to play in this kingdom building, um, but it's foundational on the authority and the one who can stop the storm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a confidence, too. It's not like get out there and do your work. It's it's like go out there in confidence because God said this is what's going to happen. What are some of the things that we are seeing right now in our culture that maybe give us some worry, some fear around the kingdom of God existing in the future? In other words, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like there's so many things that are happening right now in our culture that um, threaten the continuation of the church, right? Um, and I know people are – there are some people that are worried about that, uh, mm-hmm. about, you know, man, uh, are we going to, you know, lose our tax exemption status – you know, as a church, or are we going to start experiencing persecution and what is that going to mm-hmm. look like? So what, what do you guys see happening in our culture right now? Um, let's start there. And then I would love to kind of hear how then we should respond as the church in the midst of those things. It's interesting because we've talked about this before on the podcast that our country has enjoyed the um, luxury of being a, a government founded on godly principles, I guess. So the, the church was was highly regarded mm-hmm. by the people who formed our country. And so um, now that we're becoming more and more secularized, it seems like the, um, the ripping away of the comforts that we as Christians have enjoyed of being able to be culturally normal mm-hmm. are starting to disappear. So, you know, like taking prayer out of school, um, like you mentioned, perhaps having the, the tax exempt status of churches taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, as we were looking back on government mandates of whether or not we can gather during, you know, the, uh, the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, will we still have that autonomy of being able to make those decisions as a church body? Um, um, those things are starting to to creep in and 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 cause cause many Americans to have pause and th- you know say can the church survive all of these um, small things and I say yes yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after looking at this especially yes yeah. um, you know and and Chris and I were talking this morning about how uh, you know the old. The Old Testament, actually, the whole scriptures are full of stories of God preserving his remnant. Mm-hmm. And um, you just see one nation after another coming after the people of God and being decimated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean that the people of God got off scot free and weren't hurt. Some of those people didn't see the fruit of, of the kingdom, you know, fulfilled in their lifetime. It happened for their children, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it may be that we are persecuted, it may be that we lose our lives. Um, and I think that it's caused me as a believer in this country to start to wonder, do I trust God for my comfort and flourishing? And do I trust that it is okay that it doesn't happen here mm-hmm. on this earth? Yeah. yeah. Amen. I yep. mean, I don't, I don't have much more to add. I mean, <laughs> but I think it's, I think yeah. it's, 
again, if you're if we're trusting in God, the security of the church is based off of if we have tax exemption or not. Um, <laughs> I would I would argue that our trust our trust in the security of the church is no longer in God. Right. It's, right. it's in it's in government. It's, it's in, in government at that point. Yeah. And yeah, sure. so, I yeah I just think that's spot on. Yeah. Everything you said, I'm 100 percent agreement. Do you think? And I mean, obviously, we can't predict the future with this, but I mean, there's discussion of would things in our country get to a place where it's where the church has to go underground? Mm-hmm. In other words, that it has to be um, you can't have like public uh, worship. Uh, you can't have church buildings, things like that. It mm-hmm. has to like meet in homes and things like that. Do you think that we would ever get to that place? Um, or uh, is that something that that maybe we're just maybe speculating a little bit too much about? I think that it's good to not, to not fear. We've seen it happen before in other cultures. We mm-hmm. know that there are many countries that right now have to be underground. Yeah. Um, and in fact, the church flourishes more in those situations Absolutely. than it does in the comfort of. Like we can look at China right now yeah. um, and you see, you know, it's illegal to be a Christian mm-hmm. in China, mm-hmm. but man, the underground church is growing Yeah. and it's growing yeah. like crazy. The Middle East. Yeah. Yep. Middle East. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it, it's, it's, possible but again ariel spot on again <laughs> you know i i did, we just can't walk we can't walk in fear yeah. um and it's you know if, if that's what happens that's what happens the other thing i would say is is leaning into like leadership you know nations rise leaders fall like nations fall things change people in power are individuals but they're also tied to a bigger system and there's also evil powers at play, (laughs) you know? So all with all that going on, it's not that you can just look at a regime, you know, a current state of the government and say, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things going on as our nation gets more and more complex that would make you go, yeah, it's possible. Um, but it's, it's also like, if that were to happen, our, our faith is in God. It's not, it's not in the status of where we can meet and how we can meet it's in God. Um, you know, in his, in his promise. What really turned my eyes on this was reading the book of Revelation from the perspective of um, love of government versus love of kingdom and mm. seeing the heavenly reality of what God is doing to preserve his kingdom and bring it to fruition yeah. and see that contrasted against the morbid, sinful nature of government worship. And I think mm. it can be really tempting for us to put our our desire in the government for our savior mm-hmm. um and so that's a really good book to to dig into if you if you feel yourself pulled by um by hope for the government to pull through you know yeah. the it, again it's like all idolatry right it's right. making a a good thing a, a god-given thing yeah into an ultimate thing. Right. Right. And, um, and we do that with all kinds of, of different things, but, but when we do that with government, that's, that's, yeah. that's what happens. Right. Well, I think the tendency is we can make a, we can make a, the alternative is you make a Christ out of your leader, Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. and you, you go this, Oh, if this guy was there, this is how it would. And the reality is it's like, it's a fallen world with broken systems. There's not one simple solution to any problem that exists in our society. Everything is incredibly complex. Yeah. yeah. And so we trust in God to navigate it. Mm-hmm. But, um, if your trust is in the government or you think that if the government's so oppressive that if it was just different, 
it would all be better. Right. I would argue that, man, you really need to search, like, is your security in Christ, regardless of what comes our way, yeah. versus your security is in Christ if you get the outcome that you desire. And all these things just drive me, I mean, to a longing for mm-hmm. the second coming, like mm-hmm. for God, you know, for for the son to, to return yeah. and to establish his kingdom here on earth and bring the new heavens and new earth. Like, cause ultimately all of these governments and nations are going to fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all, all of them, even, even ours. And that's, that's something that, um, you know, I think many Americans don't like to think about or, 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 or uh, discuss, but that's the reality. I mean, w- yeah. w- whether it's by the hand of a, of another government or when the Lord returns, yeah, the United yeah. States is going to be done. And, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's gonna be okay. Well, it makes me think. You know, like um, we we do long for a government or a leader, I should say, to just come in and wipe out all evil <laughs> and to set up regime in a way that is perfect and good and yeah. just. And you know, the good news for us is that Jesus is that, and yes. that He will see it done. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it's so funny how often that's repeated in scripture, right? Yes. Like looking at King Saul and 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 then David yeah. and then ah, uh, yeah. What a cool. It's a good thread. It's a good thread, but yeah. it it speaks to the longing of the way we were created and what we're longing for and I see mm-hmm. the Lord providing right. what we truly want. Right. And, and that's our encouragement. Which well, is, uh, I was just going to say which is fascinating. So I was reading something recently that talked about in cultures that tend to be flourishing, like when they're in their best seasons of life, um, the gospel applied looks more personal, mm. but in cultures where there's um, tends to be struggle and oppression and, and again, see it all in perspective, but we're in the season we're in, you're starting to see how the gospel applied is also more in the macro sense mm. yeah. of how it speaks against what's happening yeah. um, at large. And so I just say, it's just interesting, you know, to see it that way. Maybe that's, that's a cool the observation that we yeah. need to have is to be like, yeah, this is what you're going to start hearing more because it's what needs to hit our ears. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we need mm-hmm. to be reminded that God is in control, yeah. um, that he is sovereign, that he has a plan that he set forth, that he's made a promise about his kingdom. Um, and that one day all this will be, um, made new again. Yeah. yeah. And if we sit in that security, then some of the other things, they matter but they don't matter quite as much. Mm-hmm. Well, let's bring it back to that question then, because the way that the, this story ends is the disciples in fear, with great fear, it says, said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So again, like Mitch, you were saying earlier, the, the question of what they are having faith in is really more about like who they're having faith mm-hmm. in. And so understanding the the person that they're having that they're placing their faith in is really the key. Why is this question being asked and what do they mean by that? Like, like when they ask this question, um, what are they marveling at mm-hmm. in order and, and, and what, it, what might be their conclusion? Well, they're marveling at, he can, he can command creation itself. So he's got to be something other than the created beings. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's got to be very, remarkable for them, especially as they're, you know, constantly surrounded by people who are worshiping gods that are in the sea or in the created things. Right. Um, and now there's this one in the boat that they have been breaking bread with all along who is able to to command 
that would be terrifying if, yeah. your be- if your best buddy next to you started, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey here goes the storm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he puts That's, his hand up, I boom, mean, gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's just a confidence. It's a shift in fear. Mm-hmm. In a sense, um, you know, once you understand the power of the creator, there's a healthy element of fear, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you know, and the power that he possesses. But there's a shift from operating in fear to walking in faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that we don't deal with doubt, mm-hmm. you know, that faith and doubt don't go hand in hand. But there's a shift in saying my confidence is in the creator and what he's set forth mm-hmm. versus even what I am observing right. <laughs> in my present circumstance. Right. Um that is, to me, that is one of the beautiful aspects of Christian testimonies that we see mm-hmm. throughout the history of the world, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it be, you know, Horatio Spafford who wrote it as well, or, you know, you, I was reading about Charles Simeon, some stuff mm-hmm. the other day, like 10 years of preaching in a church where they lock the door on you Monday through Friday <laughs> <laughs> and they don't get in, they lock all the pews and some people have to sit in the aisles. Like, yeah. like there's, and, but then you, you know, there's, there's this, even in the personal side, you see it reflected through believers when they have a confidence yeah. um, in God for the promises that he set forth, not for the outcome. Yeah. That that maybe they desire. Yeah. Um, that if they could d- decide it, it would be this way. But mm-hmm. they have trust and confidence in God. If I could put myself in the disciples' shoes, I would say like it would be such an interesting moment for them to have walked closely with Jesus as friend and seen the tender moments of him as a as a relationship with him, and then then to see his um, divine attributes as well and be. Um, kind of set back into the place where they they need to actually admit, I don't know everything that I thought I knew about this man. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, if you were looking at a shark or something that that creates a healthy fear in you, it's because you don't know. They're unpredictable. But when it comes to God and his perfect nature and his unpredictability, he has He has control and power and is um, perfect in that, and that we can trust him in that as well. Absolutely. I think that's why in 2 Peter, Peter points back to the transfiguration, right? Yeah. As as the evidence, because he's he's trying to discuss, like set up his apostolic authority. He's like, the authority I have is because I'm a witness. And what is he a witness to? Mm -hmm. He doesn't mention... He doesn't mention the resurrection. He doesn't mention the ascension. He mentions the transfiguration okay. as being yeah. like the, he's a witness to this incredible thing because he saw the glory of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we uh, we probably need to cut it off there, uh, partly because um, that's the end of the passage, but also because I'm about to run out of battery on my computer. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> That but, happens. Yeah. But hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, if you have any questions about these things or would like to talk about it more, again, we would love to chat with you about all this stuff. Um, this is, I, I think this was a fantastic message and especially applicable to what's going on in our culture today. And so I want to thank uh, Dr. Piotrowski for coming out and, and doing that. Um, this next week, we are jumping into um, living in the overflow. Uh, so it's going right back into our um, our series on Psalm 23, where we're going to be wrapping that up with verses, uh, really just focusing on verse six for these next two weeks. And so I'm looking forward to getting back into Psalm 23 um, and wrapping that series up. So we'll be talking about that next week on the Sunday recap. We'll see you guys then.